This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Chris Swain. Today on the podcast, we are back with season three of the Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty podcast. I can't believe we've, we've made it this far, but in some ways, I feel like we have another six, seven to 10 years of just rabbit chasing. <laughs> yeah, rabbit. If, if this series was called the Rabbit Trail series, if we, we'd, we'd be here forever. If we put just the content we don't record for the podcast together, we'd have maybe a couple decades of podcasts on topics that may, maybe people would be interested yeah, in. The content before the record button is hit. <laughs> We've got at least 30 minutes of podcast content that uh, prior to the podcast recording that happens each time. But this season, like last season, we've kind of made a shift. So the first 100 podcasts or so, we helped discipleship group leaders, church leaders navigate the details and mechanics, if you will, of discipleship groups and everything related to discipleship and we felt like we had hit a point where we had answered almost every question and we even answered questions people weren't asking I right. felt like questions we didn't even know we were asking we <laughs> we talked about everything we possibly could around the idea of discipleship groups launching them the process the pathway all of those things and then we kind of made a pivot if you will mm. to the discipleship group leader Yes. We want leaders. So if you're listening to this podcast, obviously, I think no matter where you're at in ministry, whether you're a full-time church staff member or a mom who's just learning to disciple her own kids, this is going to benefit you because this is the type of content that you can learn from and teach inside your discipleship group as you go through the Word. So that's, that's kind of where we're at now with season three. Season two, we talked about the Old Testament and a lot of connections between the old and new. And season three is going to focus on something I'm really excited about. I feel like I'm going to, I'm learning every time. My goal every week is that if I learn something, then somebody else is going to learn something, mm-hmm. uh, which is a pretty low bar. But okay, yeah. <laughs> but at least you're learning. So. But I'm learning. I'm getting something out of it, yeah. out of the discussion. But this season is focusing on the Gospels. Hmm. So I'm pretty excited about that. We're going to kick off today with really talking about why the Gospels or, or the Gospels explained, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. We're going to walk through that. I like the way you set it up because that's really the goal. We wanted to disciple you in a sense and some of the insights of the gospels so that you can then use it and go disciple your children disciple your family disciple your uh men and women you're investing in right. and so this will be kind of a uh, we pass it on to you and you pass it on sure. to other people and, and not only that you can learn for yourself obviously yeah. we learn to grow and we're not learning information we're learning mm-hmm. to see a fuller deeper picture yeah. of christ and it draws us into a more intimate relationship with him well i know no one else does this I'm the only one who does this, but sometimes I will listen to a podcast or read a book or listen to a speaker and take whatever it is I learned and then teach that myself. Now, I won't claim to own it, right? Right. but I also don't reveal where I got it. Right. Well, you know, Tim LaFleur taught us the secret years ago. The first time you quote somebody and you say, I heard that I got this from this person. Right. The second time you talk about it, you say, I heard it from a guy. Okay. The third time you say it, it's yours. I don't know if that's accurate. I don't know if that's right, but that's... What we're saying is this is content you can freely use, uh, whether it's your insight or past. Pastor Robbie's or on the rare occasion even mine 
Yeah. Please feel free it. to discipleship, <laughs> disciple your group, um, and lead people with with the inside. So the gospels explained. Yes. Um, what what are the gospels? Let's just start with a very high level question because I'll be honest, I don't think. Uh, everybody clearly has a good uh, definition of or understanding of these four critical books. Yeah. Every book is critical of the Bible, but these yeah. four books are clearly very important because they reveal something about Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, let's go back all the way to the first century mm. prior to Jesus. Okay. Yes. So prior to Jesus coming on the scene in, uh, you know, 28 AD. And let's go back to what the word gospel or good news meant back then. Mm. You know, euangelion, the good news, okay, the gospel. That's what I was thinking it was. Yeah, exactly, okay, that's the Greek word. And so <laughs> basically back then what would happen is, you have to remember, there was no Pony Express where people could show up with, you know, letters and, and you know, insights from uh, newspapers or there's no tweets from uh, you know people with their there's cell no phone. Amazon truck showing up at your house regularly. Yeah, yeah. There's none of that. So you got to you got to put yourself in a time where people predominantly walk by foot, and you didn't promote a message via the internet or Facebook or Instagram, uh, or even even uh, with newspaper. I mean, you got to understand they had none of that back yeah. then. So in order for them to share good news, there would be a herald a person who would come before, like say the king. So whenever mm. a king would come to town, yeah. and let's take for example, Alexander the Great actually made his way to Jerusalem. We talked about him in the last podcast mm -hmm. uh, season. Alexander the Great actually made his way to Jerusalem. This is a little insight we didn't talk about. And so if you remember Hellenism, he tried to indoctrinate the world with Hellenism. Mm -hmm. If you haven't heard this, go back and listen to it. He did it in four ways, Chris. Pop quiz, let's see if you oh, can wow. get it. I know this Once is back. again. This is months and months ago, but let's see if you still can remember the four things. Okay, I'm going to try it. Information. Information. Education. Education. Athletics. Athletics. And entertainment. Oh, you got it, finally. After one <laughs> I'll year. I'll never forget those yeah. four things. Well, and once you get it in your mind, uh, yeah. And theater, you know, the theater is a big one. So you Entertain. Entertainment. I thought that, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so he comes into Israel. Okay, and before he comes, there is an entourage that goes before him. This is roughly in the year 3, 313, 316 BC. I don't know exact offhand, but he comes to Israel. Mm -hmm. And the high priest and the entourage of the, of the priesthood goes to meet him out, thinking he's coming to destroy the whole city, yeah. destroy the whole country. It's Alexander the Great, the man who destroys people and takes over towns. And so they send this entourage before him, kind of a quote-unquote forerunner. Yeah, the forerunner, and I'm not talking about the Toyota forerunner, right? Okay, I'm talking about a, a man. So this vehicle would drive into town. No, it's a man. A man would run into town as the forerunner okay. coming before the runner before, and so he would come into town and he would say, "Make a way for the king." Everybody clear the path. The king himself wow. is coming. The ruler of the world is coming. And so he would kind of be the hype man, if you mm. will, back then. And he would give a message. Okay, He would stand on a rock or stand on a high place, and he would give a message and say, okay. friends of Israel, people and citizens of the world, you are in for a treat today. Alexander the Great is coming to town. I envision him doing like, are you ready to rumble or it's time? You know, it's time are you? for Alexander the Great. To yeah, come I could. Old Bruce Buffer back in the day. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it, was, it could have been. I don't know. It could have been like that. Okay. So he sets the way for Alexander the Great. Now, here's the question that, that we're going to uh, ask. What happens when Alexander the Great 
comes face to face with the high priest of Israel? Hmm. Does he, A, ask him to surrender the city? Three questions, multiple choice. Does he, A, ask him to surrender the city? Does he, B, basically don't ask him and just takes the city? Or C, he basically says, keep what you have and adopt what I bring? I'm going to go with C. Ooh, why is that? Because we've been talking about this. That's exactly right. He did not come. He, he was a much, uh, I would say, wiser uh, person who, you know, I'm not supporting him, by the way. Right. <laughs> I'm not throwing my support okay. to Alexander the Great. I'm just simply saying the plan that he had was so effective because yes. he didn't come in and just try to destroy everything. Yeah. It wasn't by brute force like right. the Romans and the Persians and the Assyrians mm -hmm. before uh, and the Romans after. But it was by coercion. So basically, he comes in down, and the, and the leaders of Israel said, what are you here for? He said, no, I'm here to make an offering to the Yahweh God of Israel. Hmm. They said, what? He said, oh, yeah, I brought thousands of goats and sheep on an entourage. We're coming to the temple if you will allow me, and I want to make an offering to God. Now, I don't know about you. That's one way to get an in with the people of Israel. I feel like the politics of this era are Ooh, very similar dude, good. to the politics of today. Good. Yes. How yeah. do I get the vote? Yes. And so guess what happens to the nation? They let their guard down mm -hmm. and they say, this guy's not a bad, you know, fear-monging, uh, fear-monger that's going to take over the world and we're going to just, no, no, we like, this is a nice guy. Yeah. Look what he did. He's on it. our side. He gave more offerings than our whole nation did. He's a good Suddenly guy. Suddenly I want to follow him. And so what happened was they let him in. They open a window, open a door, and we know what happened. At the time of Jesus, you have indoctrination of Hellenism. Again, go back and listen mm -hmm. to it. But I want to leave us with a question before the break. Okay. Okay. And the question uh, we're going to ask and answer is this. What was the goal of the forerunner for the good news of Jesus? Because in the gospel, we read of another man. He's not some guy running before the king of, of Greece. He's running before the savior of the world. Hmm. And you'll notice the similarities between the herald of the traditional day and the herald of Jesus's day, John the Baptist, hmm. as the forerunner preparing the way for Jesus. So why is John's role so important? We'll answer that when we get back. And why is the good news so impactful mm. in the life? In the Great day? questions to answer right after this break. As you lead your disciple-making movement, the Replicate Network provides ongoing practical training and a community of like-minded church leaders to help you and your church thrive. Each month, you'll get frameworks, a Q&A time with Robbie Gallaty, and access to our online forums and groups. We will provide you with prayer and personal support, practical resources, discounts, and benefits as you seek to make disciples who make disciple makers. Check out the Replicate Network today at replicatenetwork.com. And we're back talking about the gospels we're explaining we're kind of giving a uh, really an insight that i find fascinating as i'm listening to it um talking about how the herald would come in as a forerunner to announce the coming ruler or king yeah. if you will yeah and i'm seeing I, in my mind i'm seeing where this is all coming together so it's pretty exciting but the question you left us with was what are the similarities yeah to the forerunner of old, the herald of back in the day, and the and the forerunner of Jesus. Is that right? Yeah. Or am I getting too far ahead? No, that's no, good. Okay. So John the Baptist comes on the scene, mm -hmm. and he is preparing the way of the Lord. If you go back and look at John's message, he's saying, 
I need to prepare the way of the Lord. How's he doing that? He's making straight the highways, the low, raise, low places are high, the high places are low, the crooked places are straight. John's basically saying we need to get some things in order mm. to prepare the way of the Lord. Now, the difference between the herald uh, good news man of the Old Testament or even with Alexander the Great and the difference between John the Baptist is the Old Testament guy or, or the guy with Her Herod or the guy with the Herod, the guy with Alexander would prepare the, the way. Herald, yeah. The Herald, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Herald, the Herald. <laughs> would prepare the way by saying, get out of the way. You guys evacuate. Y'all bow down. You know, give alms. John the Baptist comes and says, there's something very different that has to happen. I don't want you to just make a path for him. I mm. want you to change your heart for him. Mm. Wow. And John says, I want you to repent. The way you make a path for the king of the world to enter is we need to get ourselves right with God to receive this coming king who's coming. So John goes Hello. out in the wilderness, which is radically different. And yeah. he says, I got good news. But the good news is you're in bad news. <laughs> you got some bad news going on yeah. right now, and that's your sin. You repent, you brood of vipers. Who warned you of the coming wrath? Like, what are you guys doing here? Yeah. Who told you about what's coming, okay? So the good news is always the presentation of a king, mm. the heralding of something exciting. So that's what gospel means at the core. Mm. It doesn't mean, I mean, the word gospel obviously is used in Christian terms, but the word gospel is a general term used back then for just something of good news, mm. okay? So there's good news here. Now, we know the good news for the, for the Bible is the story of Jesus, mm. okay? The story of the life and here's the thing about the gospel. Many of us just go to the death of Jesus, yeah. and we say, Jesus died on the cross for our sins, which is true. Yes. It's way more than that. Mm. Let us not forget that Jesus' life was as important as Jesus' death. Mm -hmm. So let us not forget the life of Jesus, the sinlessness of Jesus, the death of Jesus on a cross, and watch this, going into the grave, coming out of the grave, being resurrected from the dead, and then finally ascended into heaven. Mm. That's the whole gospel. You have to remind yourself of that. Years ago, I had a guy who was helping coach me and preaching and teaching me uh, just how to sharpen my skills as a preacher. And he said, because I would get up and say, aren't, you gr aren't we grateful for the crucified Messiah? Aren't we grateful for the death of Jesus? Mm. We have access to God, justification, because of the death of Christ. And he yeah. stopped me one day and he said, uh, that's all true. Yeah. But you're only telling part of the story. Mm. Get yourself in the habit, watch this, of saying, and here's the here's the challenge for you. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Mm. So when you talk to a person, you say, Man, aren't you grateful for the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus? Now, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is good news. Why? Because it shows us that Jesus did what he's asking us to do. Mm -hmm. Remember, Jesus said, if anyone comes after me, they must deny themselves, take up their cross, take up their cross and follow me. And in that one sentence, you have two challenges that have to happen every day. So I'm gonna give you a practical tip on what should happen spiritually every day you get out of bed, hmm. every day. <clears throat> every day you get out of bed, there should be a funeral and a coronation, hmm. okay? A funeral and a coronation. I know what you're, I see that look on your face, a funeral. No one <laughs> likes funerals, right? That's true. Especially when the funeral is you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, the funeral is you. And what I'm right. talking about is this. Every day you get out of bed, you need to deny yourself and pick up your cross, with, which was a walk to death. Mm -hmm. It was a death march. Any man carrying a cross was going out of the city to die. 
So when Jesus says, pick up your cross, he's saying, you, Chris, you, Robbie, you, Colton, have to die. Mm -hmm. You have to die every day. And here's what he says. Luke says, pick up your cross daily. Daily. Not once a week. Not at the moment of salvation where many Christians say, oh, man, I already died to myself years ago. Okay. Yeah. But you're very much alive to the world today. Yeah. You're very much alive to sin today. So maybe you have, maybe, and that's the problem, Chris, with a living sacrifice, mm -hmm. as Paul said. The problem with a living <laughs> yeah. sacrifice is a living sacrifice, as opposed to a dead sacrifice in Jesus's day, a living sacrifice can crawl off the altar. Mm. There is that option. A dead sacrifice, <laughs> once you bring it to the altar of God, it's yeah. done. But yeah. a living sacrifice can get up and crawl, and many of us are guilty of that. So here's what I would say. Every day there's a funeral, mm -hmm. there's a death of Robbie to self, and then here's the cool thing, but then there's a coronation when you coronate Christ or honor Christ as king and lord of your life. Every day this has to happen. Why? Because we forget. Yes. Now, I used to say, here's another little thing I used to say. I used to say when I would preach to people, you need to make Jesus Lord of your life. This is what I used to say. You need to make Jesus Lord of your life. If you're listening, what is the problem with that? Uh, the problem seems to me to be that it's in your hands to do it. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't know about you. There's none, none of us who can or will or have to make him Lord. Right. He's already Lord. That's true. And so, and so the thing is, we should never say, hey, would you want to make Jesus Lord of your life? The better way to say it is, are you ready to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord of your That's life? Good. It's subtle, it's semantics, but it's very impactful. Because the thing is, he's Lord of all. Yeah. The question is, is he Lord of you? Mm -hmm. Right? Because he's Lord of all things, heaven and earth. He, he owns all things. The question is, does he own you? Okay? So the gospel was good news. Now, I know we only have a few moments left, but I'm going to give you the overview okay. Okay, of the gospels. And then next week, we'll drill down. I like it. Okay? Cause, and, and those who are listening are saying, man, I thought we were getting into more, more of this. You guys know that rabbit trails are par for the course here. And but so have, helpful. But helpful, yeah. I think these are all helpful, Holy Spirit, divine there insights you go. here. Okay, here we go. Uh, let's take Matthew. Uh, Matthew, uh, so let's just divide them up. Okay. And we're going to see, with a show of the three of us in this room, <laughs> we're going to see which gospel we like the best. Oh, yes. wow. Yes, and I want you to, if you're listening, I want you to play along as well. So you got four choices here. Yes. And I'm going to ask you this question as we start, and I want to get just, just a rough response from you, just off the cuff. Yes. Which one you like the best, and Colton's going to answer too, and Colton is our assistant here on staff who is uh, making Replicate and the podcast possible each week, mm. so we appreciate Colton. Okay, so here's the question. Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector. Matthew was uh, a turncoat at one time. He worked for, for the nation of Rome, mm. and the people of Israel hated him. Okay. Yeah. Then you have Mark, who was a friend or an aide to Peter. Many people think Mark's gospel. This is interesting. The reason Mark has so much insight into what happened with Jesus, even though he wasn't there or even not publicly there a lot mm -hmm. or mentioned, is because his closest friend and confidant was Peter. Mm -hmm. Peter dictated to Mark. And we yeah. know this as you read the gospel of Mark. There are many conversations that happen that only Peter's there to experience. And so he's mm -hmm. telling Mark. Mark was a missionary. Luke was a doctor. Luke is very precise with how he writes. So if you want to know something about the 
the encounter and you want to know something really deep or insightful mm-hmm. or precise, Luke's going to give it to you because he's a doctor. Yeah. Luke's gospel is built on interviews. Luke's theology is spoken not from the writer, but from the person. So people in the discourses are mm-hmm. going to say things. And then John is the final letter written. John was written probably 40 years after 40 something years after the other three were written. John has a very different approach. John's going to speak to inspire belief Mm. and John's going to write his gospel in such a way around numbers, which is really cool in the in the Jewish culture is called gematria. Okay. Okay. So the question is, as we close, Chris, I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite gospel and why? I've never been asked this question, and I will say that I like all the Gospels. So before we get into trouble, I want to get that out there. I love all. Uh, I think they all. Uh, obviously, God knew exactly what He was doing when He gave us all four. Yes. So uh, I don't say this to exclude the others. Yes. But I'm going to have to go with Mark. Ooh. It's, I, I didn't see that. Coming. It's the shortest. Of course, it, of course, that's why you. <laughs> you like know it. me. I like summaries okay. more than I like now Luke. Now let me push. Which back. I love Luke. Now let me push back on that. Oh boy! Because I, okay, so this is really good though. I love that you said this because I've had people tell me that. Yeah, they're like, man, I love Mark. It's shorter, you know, what, fast and loose. What is it? Sixteen chapters? Um, is that what it is? I think it's sixteen chapters. Yeah, it's 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 short. It doesn't have a lot in it. Man, I can read it quickly. Here's the problem with that. Mark is the shortest. Yeah, it's sixteen. Mark is the shortest as far as chapters go. But here's what people don't realize. Mark is the longest oh boy. as far as explanation of encounters go. So here's what people don't realize. Mark actually, when Mark is going to talk about something, like the feeding of the 5,000 or something, yeah. Mark is normally longer in his explanation. The difference is he has fewer encounters. Luke and Matthew talk about more of the encounters. I'm talking about the synoptics here. John is sure. a different, different kind of gospel. Uh, the way it's written. But as far as the encounters go in the synoptics, Mark is more long-winded than the others. Which, what's wrong with that? It's fine. You just, <laughs> so what you're saying is you just like less chapters. I'm saying, to your point, I like Peter. You like Peter, that's he, good. Okay. His style is what I like the most. Yeah, I like Peter too. I like Peter too. Colton, what is your favorite gospel and why? Um, my favorite gospel is probably John. Oh, Colton's going to go with John as his favorite. The gospel. standard Southern Baptist choice yes, as well. That, that is just, good. Whenever I read it, it's just a, I get this like encouragement to just Ooh. go out and just share. Whenever he reads it, he gets an encouragement to go out and share. That's a good one. That's yeah. a good insight. Colton chose the Gospel of John. We're going to end with this. What do you think my favorite gospel is? I think your favorite is probably Luke. That's a negative. Matthew. Matthew. I knew it. Matthew. Why Matthew. did I? I Why'd with you go with Luke? Well, because of the, all the uh, intense description. Okay. You know why you I like, like the yes. minute details? Well, I do like that. But you know why I like Matthew? Because Matthew is, is historically and consistently Hebraic, mm. more Jewish than any other That's of the true, Gospels. Yes. And you know me. I like to find all these That's connections true. from I old to known. new. And so if you look at my Bible here, and these guys are looking at it, it is filled with connection after connection yes. after connection, just connections from old to new. And so, and we'll get to all of these, right. hopefully, in the days ahead. So uh, next week, we'll pick up with what were the Gospels about who were they written to and Mm. why is that important next week on the podcast thanks again for joining us as always if you will uh text a friend right now and let them know about the podcast season three is going to be all about 
the Gospels. And if you don't mind, go to your favorite podcast listening place and give us a rating. Five stars. It would be great because it lets uh, it helps us yes. spread the news of the gospel, uh, not the gospel oh, really? of the yeah. podcast. Yeah. Spread the, the the podcast has obviously uh, infiltrated my mind today. And uh, thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.